This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 270, Super Nalu Collective Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Good morning, Hunter. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's going well. Good morning. Good morning <laughs> to you, Matt. Good morning to uh, myself as well, uh-huh. and good morning to the listeners. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody. Yeah. I hope if you're... you're listening to this one at night, stop. Um, stop. Turn it off. <laughs> this one's a morning one. We want you to start your morning. We want you to roll over in yeah. bed, you know, and pop this one on. Yeah. Well, because today we act first, right? Today we go first, ah. so we're early bird. Gets the worm, uh, uh, little a sort boys. of before you even throw a command counter down, <laughs> you're building the hybrid crystal fighter uh-huh, twos uh-huh, uh-huh. in you know in bed before you even get up, yeah, yeah. before you've even had your coffee for this one. For this sure. one is pre a pre coffee episode, and before we have the coffee and before we do any of that, we should also tell you, hey, it's October or November, depending on when you're listening to this, which means this is the month months this is the two months that you should be a patron if you want to be a part of the 2023 space cats peace turtles patreon tournament tournament five edition if you would like to be uh receiving an email in december that invites you to that tournament you need to be a patron (laughs) right meow everybody if you if you want to get an email in december (laughs) you've got to give us five (laughs) dollars Uh, any, you can be any tier of patron, um, including the lowest tier, which is five, which is why we say it's a basically a $5 entry fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but take a look at the other levels too. If you want to just see what cool bennies you can receive <laughs> for being a Patreon uh-huh. person and supporting this weird show, mm-hmm. which should not exist yeah. and is an affront to the entertainment gods. <laughs> we defy media. We Yes. <laughs> uh, today is finally, it's finally here. Despite going first, it is our last uh, of the Codex 3 update guides. Yes. Uh, all yes. of the factions that were changed in Codex 3. We even sort of did an episode about Nalu. We theorycrafted Nalu as like a Galactic Council episode, but that was like a, I don't know, we haven't touched enough of the thing yet. Let's sort of talk right. through them. But now we have both properly played some Nalu, and uh, I certainly feel different after having played them than I did, uh, I feel like, before. Uh, I'll say this much. I think Nalu and I deserve each other. I think that's what that, my number one conclusion from this experiment is. Maybe, maybe I'm supposed to play Nalu. Uh, Why? Because why, why do you say that? Nalu is a faction where you are constantly because in- they're really good. Because they're like one of the best factions, <laughs> and so I you're can't like, I win without them. The yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I because I I they are constantly entice you into the possibility of a wacky, bold, aggressive, offensive maneuver that will absolutely destroy your chances to win if you take that. If you look at it and you go, ooh, I could do this right now, you will get yeah. slapped back into reality. Uh, oops, there goes gravity. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great if you just follow your heart with Nalu, I think. <laughs> yeah, how, how do you feel 
do you how often do you feel like you take that deal how often do you feel like you do the thing that you think you actually maybe shouldn't do but it's exciting and bold right I, now well i think i've gotten a lot better at not doing that and if you ask my async game compatriots they'll tell you i complained about it all game long which is true because all i did all game was like well i could do this bold thing or i could just sit here and like get some more tech and build and do nothing and just sit in my slice all game long. And I kept doing yeah. that and I kept being mad about it because and it was never just like my own decision. It was like I could do this bold thing. And then the person will be like, well, if you do that, I will respond this way. And it's like, oh, yeah, everyone can just respond to everything you do, huh? You every, Everybody always just has a response. So I just should bet it's better off doing nothing. So I just sort of like was upset that I never got to do a bold thing uh, in my game the whole time. I'm, I'm just sad about it. So, Matt, you're saying this is a faction you like, or I'm a little no, confused? I said I deserve them. It's, it's ah, a, it's like a... as a punishment. <laughs> as a punishment for yourself, you deserve to play yeah. Nalu. That's an interesting take, because I feel like Nalu is... They're back to being a very good faction, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, Codex 3 has, has brought them back up. But, in a, a, a surprise twist, I don't really think they're very fun to play yeah. like to just review them as a right i think the zero token is a very interesting ability yeah that is a little bit boring from the playing it perspective yeah. right and actually matt what you're saying of oh i shouldn't do bold moves i should just play kind of safe yeah for most of the game i would say that's basically what i think you should do yeah it's just, is that fun? Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, probably exactly. not. That's the so problem. I don't know. The, the, yeah, Nalu's biggest problem is you could do crazy things that you're going to win on easy street regardless is the thing with Nalu. Like you're going to find yourself in a somewhat winning position almost no matter what you do. And to make right. bold plays only puts a bigger target on your back is then the issue. But to just sit safely is the safer recourse to actually find a win, I think, in most situations. I'm I'm curious about this, Matt. What would you like Twilight Imperium to feel like? Because I feel like there's we've we've come to this point a lot and sure. we're gonna get into the strategy guide in just a second, okay? We got some stuff we want to take care of first. All right, <laughs> Call, I hear you. All right, I hear I you. Pay I pay for this there, therapy audience. session, okay? Yeah. So I'm just I'm just curious though, in the world where like Twilight Imperium em empowers you mm. to do whatever you want to do yeah. in the game. What does that look like? Um, probably Jolnar or Necro. Um, stylistically, not just like as a whole faction. Like th they're obviously both good factions, and that's like I always gravitate to just like the good factions. But but it's because what I want is the freedom to maybe try wackier things. Like Jolnar to me is like a perfect faction because I can do kind of a stupid tech path and not be overly punished for it, right? Like, I, I can right. get away with some some lackluster, um, not uh, perfect play and still do just fine and, and get to have fun with it or whatever. And I think Necro is somewhat similar. Like, I can go kind of scouting around the map, maybe try to get some tech, and I've got a good enough economy that, like, I'll keep up with everything despite not playing perfectly efficiently or whatever. And it's the bad factions where it's like, nah, you gotta be on your game. You gotta do all this right. That's when I, like, uh, it, it, you know still want to do the bad thing and will just absolutely get slapped for it or whatever. Right, right. Do you ever, do, do you find, 
Do you feel like there have been games ever where you didn't get slapped for the bad thing? Oh, sure. Do you think I mean, you ever got away with it? I mean, probably. I can't speak to a specific instance. And if you ask me, I've never won a game of Twilight Imperium in my life, right? That's sort of the thing is I even when I win, I don't count it or whatever. Uh, I want that. Right. I, I thirst for that unimpeachable victory, whatever that means. It means nothing, but it means something to me for some reason. I don't know. Do you think that there will be a day where you win a no. game of Twilight Imperium in your own no, mind? Absolutely not. Yeah, pro probably not. Uh, uh, because uh, no matter what, because Prophecy of Kings exists in such a way to, I think Def Piper puts it the best way. I'm pretty sure Def Piper was the first person to say this, which is you have to be given permission to win. Nowadays, mm -hmm. in, in Prophecy of Kings, like you have to, you have to get permission from the table to win, more or less. And I don't know if getting permission feels like a win to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying even even under the win condition that other people experience, yeah. you're like, for myself, that doesn't feel like victory, right? basically. And I'm, I'm more than capable to pat someone else on the back when they pull that off, and I see all of the credit of why they found themselves. Every time Kaluan wins, which is every single time, by the way, every time I That's play with Kaluan. Hasn't been true lately. <laughs> Take that, buddy. <laughs> But every time I play with Kaluan, he wins. Or Carnal, or both when they're in an alliance game. They just, they still do it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that was messed up. <laughs> they're in mine. I'm in an alliance game with them as well at the moment. They are, and they're, they're back in to an back. alliance yeah. together? Yeah, those two no, can't be okay. stopped. So y'all, like, listen. I realize right now I'm just talking to two people that hopefully listen to the show. I don't even know if they do at this point. You kind of graduate from yeah, listening eventually, it. just so you know. Once you get in the Patreon, you can actually stop listening. It's kind of a funny thing once you start <laughs> that's actually a fact of our show yeah um but if they are listening just so you know y'all are dirty yeah. okay you're dirty and i don't approve of you alliance mode that's is next supposed week's episode. to be yeah it's supposed to be fun <laughs> okay it's supposed to be for fun uh -huh. and these two are over here doing calculus yeah they're prepping for the weird bear alliance homebrew tournament or whatever yeah. is in the in the cooker right now <laughs> that's in the pipeline sure yeah i guess we'll do that too and we'll and they will not be on a team all right and they are i am separating them now all right and they will never be back uh -huh. together okay. wow how Let's... dare you do calculus yeah on an algebra exam <laughs> Let's do an actual Nalu guide, though. I feel like we... I think you get the flavor of this one, though, right? Is I think at sure. the end of the day, there's a certain aspect of you don't need this guide. But I, what I think the theme of this guide... Oh, I, if I were to give a subtitle to this guide for myself, it's how to pump the brakes as Nalu. How to not win from ahead as Nalu. Or how, how to always be ahead. Like, this is, this is a follow-up to our how to win from ahead episode. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. The the episodes are similar, but I I'm gonna push back and say you actually do need our advice a little bit because I think Nalu as a faction is a little bit confusing as yeah. far as kit goes, yeah. and that just speaks to this is one of the factions that you know got retouched up, mm -hmm. you know, in Codex Three, and there was a reason for that. Yeah. And there's a lot of like I would say kind of hanging chads here now right. Right. in Nalu that. A lot of this guide is going to be about what of your kit is the part you think about mm -hmm. and what are the parts that we don't 
need yeah. that, that isn't really going to apply to your game. Right. And like Matt said, yeah, a lot of Nalu is saying, no, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to play to this victory condition. Yeah. Because Nalu is one of the best factions in the game. Yeah. And they are also one of the they're they're in the vein of Winu. Right. They are a little bit thin, mm-hmm. a little bit weak. Yeah. But uh, as far as their ability set, absolutely unbe- undeniably strong. Right. So right. The, the scoring of points can come easy. The defending yourself against the Winslay comes much more difficult, uh, I think, is, is what we're going to do. So let's absolutely let's talk about some components. Let's kind of do a quick little overview of what all this faction has at its disposal. Our starting units is a one carrier, one cruiser, one destroyer, three fighters, four infantry, and a PDS at home. Uh, this was a death knell for them in standard post-POK because one carrier is pretty rough and not an easy yeah. way to deal with it because their home system is Maluk a 0-2 and Drua a 3-1, which is only three bucks, which means like we're not really affording tech. We could maybe afford another carrier at home, but not having two C4I was rough. That's Absolutely. not going to be an issue. We will talk about why in a bit. But uh, one carrier is still somewhat annoying to deal with, I would say. It still means timings matter for you round one is kind of my main takeaway. I feel like most one carrier factions, once POK came out, aren't even, you don't even feel it. Yeah. The, the one carrier-ness of them, except for Nalu. Um, and it, you know, it has to do with the zero token. But yeah, Codex 3 has kind of taken care of that a little bit. They're yeah. starting tech is Neural Motivator and Sarween Tools, so you don't even have to have a debate. Right. You've just got it. <laughs> You've got it. There's it's no done. debate. We it's did it. It's done. You start with both. Yeah. Neither of those are blue tech, so of course, horrible start <laughs> tech-wise, but at least there's two useless tech. Yep. But yeah, I, if only one of them was blue, only... then we would say it was good. Yeah, it could almost have been a good faction. Oh, well, uh, their abilities are telepathic. At the end of the strategy phase, place the Nalu Zero token on your strategy card. You are the first in initiative order. This first in initiative order applies to you act first in the action phase and more importantly you score for force you score for forced in the status phase and that is where the raw power of nalu actually comes from if anything what i constantly say is telepathic is actually a curse until it wins you the game in the final round because that going first in the action phase if you've listened to most of our other guides like stalling has power going last acting last is what generally has the power. Being the first to do something in a round usually means you're sort of like, ah, what am I going to do to sort of slow play this first action? We have an answer for that too nowadays, but that has been kind of the token issue with Nalu is like, ah, going first in rounds two through four or one through four is kind of a pain. Um, And then Mm. round five, it just, and then you win because of the status phase thing. I don't feel so bad about going first every time because, but, but it's a lot of like, specific situation there's a there's a handful of specific situations mostly involving the imperial strategy card that going first yeah is fine right um and c- combined with a possible fleet logistics that we'll talk about when we get to the tech section yes uh it could maybe even be good but yeah it's for timing purposes it's not really like the most fun thing yeah. um so overall yeah the zero not great a lot of people are maybe going to be on their feet at this point saying but you can get custodians every time as Nalu. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And that's interesting. 
but we are not necessarily going to say that yeah. you should do that. Yeah, this is a pump the brakes episode. Uh, our second ability is Foresight. After another player moves ships into a system that contains one or more of your ships, you may place one token from your strategy pool in an adjacent system that does not contain another player's ships. Move your ships from the active system into that system. This is a pre-combat retreat. It is skilled retreat in effect. It costs a token, but you can just dodge battles. I feel like I like don't think about this ability as often as maybe even I should. I think this is a pretty decent ability. The only issue these days is in base game, Foresight was a way to get around retreats actually being kind of a nuisance to set up. And now we have a tech called Dark Energy Tap that uh, yeah. makes retreats easier. And uh, the other thing about Nalu is you're going to end up with a lot of soak. You're going to be building lots of fighters, which means one round of combat. Is that so bad? Is it worth a token to just endure one round of combat and then do my retreat? I don't know. I, 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 think, I think Foresight has its moments, but it is not a critical ability. It, it really only has one utility, which is that you're, you're not getting to combat, right? Like, so... We're going to, if you can correctly read that your opponent is trying to score a particular secret off of you, then this might, you know, be important to use at a critical time. But how often are you going to use, how often are you going to be in that situation? Yeah. Not too often. It's not a super important one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the most important thing, but I do think clever players know really fun ways to use this. And especially things like just like you take Mechatol and then you retreat out and don't lose any. Like there's there are certainly times where it's like, OK, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I had it in the toolkit or whatever. I would push back and say that it costs too much. A token yeah. nah. from strategy. That, that, yeah, a token from strategy. I'm not I, I'm I'm not for it mm -hmm. because that's a token that I'm spending from. I don't generally overload. Yes. My strategy pool. That's right. So, like, why do you even have this token? Am I am I gonna at the expense of a secondary I was gonna follow? Right. And this token, I feel like not. Nah. I, I would rather just do a regular retreat. And, and really, the secret objective thing is my only like. Even if we're talking Mechatol Rex, uh, that I took with a carrier and a fighter, I'd I'd sooner take my chances yeah. to be honest. Especially as Nalu, because again, Nalu goes first. Nalu goes before leadership can even pop, which means you are kind of the easiest to get leadership stalled so if we're talking about even if you were like had a plan to have enough tokens you might not have enough tokens right now like early enough or whatever i mean we're talking about mm -hmm. a foresight it's a defensive thing in, in, inherently but still i don't know it's like you you kind of always have that as an issue of like uh, i need that leadership pop to happen because i'm i'm kind of always in danger of it let's talk about their flagship the matriarch it's two on a nine it costs eight it's got one movement and capacity six yeah, and its ability reads as thus during an invasion in this system, you may commit fighters to planets as if they were ground forces when combat ends. Return those units to the space area. This can be a pretty complicated to like fully grasp flagship for newer players. The underlying thing you should always keep in mind is like you need one actual ground force to initiate a ground combat in like Absolutely. basically all situations. And then from there, you can do the rest of the combat, but you need to bring one. So the matriarch with its six, which is a great amount of capacity, better than most flagships with six. It's like a mech or a ground for uh, uh, infantry. And then like five fighters or whatever, because your fighters are great. We'll talk about right. that more, but uh, you are very often in things with the matriarch 
taking offensively with a huge amount of force, getting the planet easily, but then what you leave behind, what you defend with, is not very many ground forces because you took it with fighters that acted as ground forces. And you have to keep that in mind. You got to think about what your plan is going to be on the defensive side. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I feel like the answer there is just um, that you are that you don't need to bring that many ground forces because what you're saying is mm -hmm. I win in the air. Exactly. You're not you're not going to get to invasion because of all of these fighters yeah. I have. Yeah, and that capacity six don't you know that's that's good that's great. Uh, me likey that yeah. uh, and definitely combined with this kind of utility of the flexibility of being able to use fighters in order to invade planets. Um, it's definitely one of the better flagships in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and has kind of like oddly with the agent, I think kind of gotten a little bit of a boost in yeah, my opinion. The absolutely. fact that in the late game, you could use the agent to double move, you know, a flagship at most with gravity drive and possibly flank speed. We're talking like three movement. Now yeah. don't, there's all the other little things. So let's not worry about that. So like with the agent, we're talking about, you know, if you even just have gravity drive, we're talking about four movement. Right. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a lot. Like, that's that's some late game windslay potential yeah. right there with the flagship suddenly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think too to to Hunter's uh, sort of point about winning in the air, you're already doing this too as Nalu because we didn't really remark on this, but you have two planets in your home system that are awkward to defend on the ground. You're you're also Absolutely. already focusing on a sky game anyways and so the matriarch really just reinforces that play style as like well i can do a big aggressive maneuver in the late game so it all kind of fits into like a cohesive build of like i am more offensive than i am defensive but where i am defensive it is in the sky sardak is a whole other whatever <laughs> that's a it's a problem <laughs> that you will have but that you know what we'll deal with that in sardak games yeah. our promissory note is the gift of the prescience. It's a big talking item and has gone back and forth in the community's mind of what to do with this thing. At the end of the strategy phase, place this card face up in your play area and place the Nalu Zero token on your strategy card. You are first in initiative order. The Nalu player cannot use their telepathic faction ability during this game round. Return this card to the Nalu player at the end of the status phase. In base game, we called this a do not trade. Nalu is good and wins in the status phase round six in base game or yep. whatever. Yep. Don't give this thing away. It's your only power, actually. It's your only thing that right. wins you the game. Then right. POK came out and Nalu had a horrible early game. And we started to talk about, oh, maybe you should sell it with like a hopeful guarantee that they use it round two so that you get it back. But you can kind of right. like save your round one. Well, right. That's out the window. There's no there's no purpose for this thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about very specifically how the agent even undercuts the need to do that round one into round two custodian sale gambit. Like you don't right. even need Gift of the Prescience to pull that off anymore. And that's questionably a, a good value. But Gift of the Prescience is giving up your only uh, superpower. Uh, I would not trade it almost for anything. Yeah, there's no reason to trade it. You can just purge it. Just get rid of it. There's the, <laughs> literally... I mean, even the the Christmas land people are going like, yeah. I, I I have got nothing for I, this. I have one. Wise. I have one Christmas. Oh my land. god! And it's completely stupid, but it did come up in my game, and I had to think about how to what to do with it. And it is just this. Weirdly enough, gift of the prescience is a promissory note you give to someone. They put it in their play area. It is in their play area, and it does not go away yeah. until the end yeah. of the status phase. If you are right. Nalu and you draw Betray a Friend as a promissory note, the worst thing about Betray a Friend 
is a clever skilled retreater, whatever. Like, there's all sorts of things where the combat fails for some reason, and you don't get the win, and now you're never going to get a, an alliance back or whatever. Not mm-hmm. that you should go giving out Gift of the Prescience. You still shouldn't do this. But it is worth noting that you can just do another follow-up attack on that person because that note doesn't go away when you attack that person or whatever. It came up once. I'll give you that. You still should not have been in the situation where you put it in their hands. It, it shouldn't be in someone else's play area for you to have access to that strategy. Yeah, that's it. Listen, it, here's <laughs> the thing about all, uh, all the Christmas land people. I just want to address them real quick. <laughs> In the situation where you are playing Twilight Imperium and you cook up a Christmas point like that, Mm -hmm. a Christmas goose, all right, (laughs) you know what you should, you know what the adult thing to do would to be is just lose the game. Who cares? (laughs) Just move on with your life. Like, don't. Don't roll a 1,000-sided die. You know what I mean? Like, if someone offers you a die with a 1,000 sides, and you only win if the one comes up, uh-huh. just you can choose not to roll it. You don't have to. You can say, ah, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go home. I've got better things to do <laughs> with my life than roll a 1,000-sided die with all my friends here, you know? It's just embarrassing. <laughs> Well, there you go. There's some ad- there's some life advice from Hunter. Uh, let's talk about their other thing, uh, which is they have a faction-specific unit, and we will talk about it alongside their faction tech. They have hybrid crystal fighters, which, yeah. just like normal fighters, build at a 2, but they hit on an 8 instead of a 9. Uh, and then when you upgrade them to hybrid crystal fighter 2 using a blue and a green skip... They hit on a 7. They're as good as baseline cruisers. They have their own movement of two they can just move yep. two without any capacity two. and yep. this uh unit may move without being transported each fighter in excess of your ship's capacity counts as half of a ship against your fleet pool as opposed to the standard fighter two of a full fleet pool which means for every two fighters you have it's only one of your fleet pools and this can get really crazy because you can end up with like the matriarch and a carrier and a space dock in a system and you're like really am i even going to use any fleet supply outside of this i don't even need it there's still just fighters that sit in capacity and you have a million of them that all hitting on a seven uh right i spent my whole async game with nalu really afraid that people were going to attack me and then i wasn't putting myself in their shoes and looking at my home with 10 fighters hitting on a seven and being like there's no way i have enough stuff to fight i was always just like oh but if they win the space combat the ground is toast and it's like okay but no one is thinking they can win the space combat it's 10 on a seven that's ridiculous (laughs) yeah yeah throw a morale boost in there and you're basically you're basically at war sun level if you got enough (laughs) fighters in my opinion yeah Uh, the fighters are just better war sons um and you can quote me on that yeah this this is perhaps one of the best one of the best units like in the game for value is that is that fair Absolutely. to say yeah yeah it's Absolutely. this is this is a must get unit upgrade technology you have to get this mm-hmm. if you're playing nalu it's too good to give up i mean the fighters hitting on eight is great even by itself but that two movement is is a resource you you forget about too because to be able right. to sometimes you've like gummed and there's like fighters in all sorts of random places but then for those things to independently be able to then join like a late game force for some you know game winning maneuver or whatever yeah. is like a huge deal right the the, the units having their independent movement of two is is so helpful you're also sort of getting the functionality of carrier two yeah um with that half uh a ship counts against fleet pool yeah. uh thingy um and then combine i mean and also maybe also get carrier too you know right. what i mean like it's <laughs> right it's 
you can't you can't go wrong it's it's almost like nalu is a, a one unit faction yeah where essentially their fighters are going to solve almost all of their problems mm -hmm. um and then you kind of add in the matriarch as your super weapon yep and i would see i would say that's basically the nalu fleet composition yeah yeah, I agree. Um, you 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 need very little else. Uh, their other tech is a triple green. It's as hard to get as X eighty nine bacterial weapons, and it is Neuroglave. After another player activates a system that contains one or more of your ships, specifically ships, that player removes one token from their fleet pool and returns it to their reinforcements. This yeah. uh, green green tech is not great to go down especially this faction who's really thirsty for blue tech for a, a myriad of reasons there's so many mm -hmm. good things you can do with blue tech even beyond gravity drive we we have so many good uses for uh fleet logistics and light wave and carrier two and all this mm -hmm. stuff so in terms of what it costs to go down green instead of blue there's no argument if you have the best situation in the world my game my uh, one of my nalu games I got research agreement round one to get hypermetabolism and then a green skip to round two, get neuroglave. And I tried it and guess what? It felt fine, but then guess what everybody else did? Just put an extra token in their fleet pool for when they needed to mm -hmm. deal with me. They just mm -hmm. plan around it. Yes. It costs a token. Yes. It's like a minor deterrent, but at what cost? Like how much tech do you have to go down outside of your critical path? You know, I had the dream scenario for getting neuroglave and I didn't really feel its effects because guess what was the bigger effect of my defenses? Ten fighters that hit on a seven. I don't need them to lose a fleet supply. I I, right. I hit like a truck. Yeah, just win the yeah, just win <laughs> the fights outright. Like it's I don't know. Yeah, it it's it's this tech that has existed as I would say its own sort of Christmas land mm -hmm. situation where I think the idea is oh well. You know, if one person has to activate you several different times <laughs> in order to stop you from winning, this could become a real burden. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that ain't really how the game is played. You know, most of the time, if somebody is going to wreck your shop, right. it's all kind of coming down to this one moment, especially with the prevalence of light wave deflectors, essentially kind of canceling out that aspect of this tech. I mean, most of the time, we're just talking about the one yep. big activation yep. where they'll be like, oh, yep, I lost a fleet pool. That's a bummer. Oh, that destroyer's dead. Yeah. Don't get to bring it. Yeah. Or just bring less. Because right. the other thing, too, is it's not after movement. Um, yeah. It's after activation. Right. Meaning you're not, you don't even, if you plan for it, you don't even lose a ship. Right. right. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's not a, a tech that I feel like is working out as it was meant to it's not right. that like high level deterrent thing right if it at was the end of the day. faster to get to i mean i will say this i felt its use like getting it round two i felt its use more in like a round three scenario right and kind of in round two where it's like people have not gotten their token economies like in awesome positions yet right i can maybe sure. do something bold and not have a recourse for it because people just straight up don't some people went down to two fleet supply in round two and absolutely can't afford to go down to one or whatever but mm -hmm. as we will talk about a lot in the rest of this guide getting yourself into that position where you're doing crazy bold maneuvers to overscore is not advisable in the long term <laughs> it's not like getting the things that would benefit from having your neuroglave round two are not advisable in your game-long strategy to win the game.
because people will yeah. find time to respond to it. So the best case scenario is I have it early before people have a great, great token economy. But guess what? Later, they'll have the token economy to still deal with you. They will still win slay you. You are the biggest target all game long. Everyone is looking at you the entire game, no matter what you do, which means they're planning for Neuroglave regardless of what you do. Yeah, well, I mean, th that's the other problem, right? Is that Neuroglave isn't like, it, it's, a, it's three deep mm -hmm. on the green. So like... Yep. It's it's not like they're not gonna see it coming. They're gonna know right. that you're go, go that you could possibly get Neuroglave, which means you know if you're having a good game, then they're going to just playing around it. Yep. And then that's it. Yep. You're kind of done there. And it's only one player that really has to do it. I mean, right. if they if they kind of table talk it, it'll be like you know L one will be like yeah whoop de doo right. I'm gonna lose one to my fleet pool and then that's it. I don't right. know. It just it feels like it should have this like punchy deterrent status yep. and it really doesn't. I wish we could just change it to something else. Right. You know what Maybe I mean? Like a just different tech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got their commodities. They got three of them. Uh, so they're in the middle of the pack there for commodities. And um, we'll talk about trade stuff later. But, you know, this is whatever. This is a par for the course uh, faction yeah, whatever. in terms of the trading. And, and we don't hey, know. At least like it's, not two. Yeah. it's not two. It's not two, Matt. It's not it's two. Three. Thank goodness. Uh, our leaders, though, it's time. It's time to talk about the big stuff. Uh, Zayu, agent of the Nefesh, Omega, the new agent is as an action, 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 exhaust this card, 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 and choose a player. That player may perform a tactical action in a non-home system without placing a command token. That system still counts as being activated. You effectively do all of the steps of a tactical action with no token. This is hypermetabolism plus warfare plus it's so many things at once. Uh, it's crazy good. It's scary good. It's too good. <laughs> Matt, why do you do the, like, fake echo joke <laughs> so much? Because... Because it's a bold announcement. Been doing this. It's a big thing. It's so big. It's such, we, such a big deal. We've been doing this show a long time, Matt, and if you want, I, I will buy you a little echo pedal <laughs> or something. So that you can just get that echo effect in there, you know. We it's funnier I, though when I do I'm it just, myself. I, I, but I don't want to brag or anything. Uh -huh. oh, but no. like, we could we could get you an echo effect <laughs> on there, you know. I thought you were I, about Matt, to do I an mean, echo right now. Huh? Are you just, like what? What would that sound oh, have like? You, uh, am, 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 am I? I you're, you're not, not echoing me, me right, right now, now, are you? Like, like in the, the edit, <laughs> you're not you're doing that. You wouldn't, wouldn't do that, that to me. That, that wouldn't even occur to you to do that. Clearly, no, I, I can't do anything in post. I have no tools at my uh, disposal <laughs> to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, anyways, so Zoo Omega Zoo Zoo, yeah, Zoo Zoo. What is it? It's Zoo Zoo Zoo. No, no it's, zoo. it's Zoo. It's it's Zoo. zoo. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> I think I it's. We're gonna get some complaints on this one because we're joking around at the big, the big uh -huh. top level part. Yeah, sure. But this is such a game changer. It is a, a magnificent fix to their round one situation um, because not only are we no longer being punished for the zero thing, where we we get to move a carrier and then move it again, we get to regularly fill out our whole slice it's no longer a big headache of what are we doing with our first action oh no oh yeah, no right um we no longer have to you know in the in the pok days 
a lot of times as Nalu, if I was playing round one, I was hoping for leadership, right. you know, just so I didn't get, I might even have to waste those tokens, yeah. which would be sad. But like, at least with leadership, I'm like, oh, I get to get to do stuff. I'm not going to get like, I'm not going to have this horrible, horrible start. But yeah, now Zoo has really changed it. Zoo, 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 <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Really changed it. Yeah. And and the it the biggest and easiest way to utilize this, um, the most obvious way I would say, is in the mid game, this is your forward dock activation. Yeah. Your only limit here is you can't do it on a non home system. So if you get a, a space dock outside of your home system, we're basically playing Calaris. We're slow playing Calaris style stuff right. here. We are activating but not activating and building new ships that we're gonna use right now yeah very cool yeah and to talk about a point i brought up earlier uh there was the whole gambit before of like you can sell custodians guess what you don't need to sell gift of the prescience to sell custodians if you really really Absolutely. want to you right. go first and then you choose a player that gets moved with your agent so if you're really thirsty to like float some crazy boats and you're getting paid more than anybody can afford or whatever Mm -hmm. This replaces even that gambit. This is why Gift right. of the Prescience is completely out the window. Is you you literally still have access to the to the resource of selling custodians or selling first action for somebody else. That came up for me. It wasn't even for custodians, but it was like I had a game where someone else had a better fleet and we needed to win slay someone else. So I sold agent so that so and so could attack the person that needed to be stopped or whatever on my turn. Yeah. You can allow people yeah. to do a double attack, right? Titans has war sons. Guess what? You attack on Nalu's turn and then they have Diplo and they attack on their own turn too. They do two attacks with war sons. Yummy. No active. You can Yummy. do stupid stuff. You you have an insane Mahawks level win slay potential in the late game with this agent if you want yep. it to be that. it. I mean, yep. it does everything. It literally does everything. I love that it can be utilized for like movement as well, that yep. you can now use this to move your ships even further than it seems like you should be able to um yeah it has nearly limitless application because we're breaking the cardinal rule yep. which is that you use command counters to activate systems we ain't doing that anymore right um and like matt was saying yeah this basically means that gift of the prescience days are are over um there's no point and especially too because i would say round two is probably the least important round for this particular agent mm -hmm. so i would say it's at its most sellable when uh you you know you can afford to have it sold and p and hopefully people can afford to buy it that's my only pushback is yeah. that like i don't know how much you can get out of it i guess you, you should get more than nothing right but you should get more than nothing but i think there's also a constant argument of nalu of i just want everybody else at the table to feel good about their game so that they don't look too much at my game so maybe right. sometimes you sell things for not what they're worth because right. it boosts someone's game enough to where they become a target instead of you or whatever i, th I think those yeah. sorts of things are maybe valid uh, our commander is Mabon, uh, which also got a new omega it's unlock changed it is now to have ground forces in or adjacent to Mechatol Rex, which is why uh, nowadays Nalu loves a uh, pathway to Mechatol, planets right in front of Absolutely. home, and then another yeah. planet adjacent to Mechatol, because then you just, with agent once, then command counter adjacent to Mechatol, and you've unlocked your commander round one. Not that you need it, because this commander is fine. Uh, at any time, you may look at your neighbor's hand of promissory notes, and at the top and bottom card of the agenda deck. 
Yeah. So this kind of replaces what was the old agent that was awkward to like look at the look at the agenda, and now it's like at any time you just get to know what's on top of the agenda deck, which I do. I mean, sometimes does have its uses. It's nice going in to agenda phases with at least a little bit of information. That that part is great. The promissory note side of it comes up less often because I think just generally high level play you can kind of track what notes get sent around because especially yeah. the meanest notes really don't get traded like ceasefires aren't like flying all over the table so you don't like have to know that kind of information trade agreements get used instantly half the time like it's right. just it's not a big mystery to know what promissory notes people have um so you're not generally checking that kind of a thing and in an, in an IRL like in an in-person scenario who wants to go around the table and be constantly looking at everybody else's promissory notes whatever it's a mess you can do it very easily in digital environments there's just a click of a button but again it's it's hardly necessary but that agenda thing uh, I I do like it Yeah oh I think it's great um I just wanted to add too that the the thing that Matt's talking about the right click and then it sends you the information for promissory notes in other uh, in your neighbor's hands uh, that's only in TTPG at this point, hey. if I'm not, if, if I'm correct. Um, and it's just some very cool Daryl stuff. So yeah. congrats to Daryl for just all your, <laughs> all your genius ideas. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to add about this commander though, that is a little bit tricky. Um, so that looking at the top and bottom of the agenda deck, you can do that at any time. However, when like abilities are resolving, yeah. like for example, politics, you it's it's that it's as if that is all happening at one time so you can't like look at the top and bottom like for example while the player deciding politics is like deciding like right. like when they have agendas in their hand you can't be like kind of cutting in right. and being like well now that there's two cards off the top of the agenda deck i want to look at the top and bottom so i can see right. the third what might be the third down or the second down or even the top after they've decided so you wait for them to do all their thing, and then you can look at the top and bottom again. Yeah, um, very very important oh, yeah. note there because it's it's pretty confusing in in game terms. But yeah, you you are restricted to this ability of outside of other active abilities trying to finish their timing. Uh, last yeah. up is the hero, which has gone unchanged. It is C radium geometry. At the end of the status phase, you may force each other player to give you one promissory note from their hand. If you do purge this card. This uh, in the pre-errata channel was being discussed as, is this the worst hero in the game? Is this worse than Cabal's hero? Cabal's hero is at least a stall. This just happens in the status phase. And I'm on that uh, bandwagon because uh, this thing almost always gets you, if it's round four or something, you get trade agreements when nobody's taking trade anymore and you're never going to yep. get any money for them. Yep. Or, I don't know, maybe you're getting alliances that aren't actually that useful for you, but could be in a scenario. This is the other reason the... Um, Gift of the Prescience, Betray a Friend Gambit doesn't make any sense because uh, yeah. you have an ability where people just give you notes and sometimes those are alliances that then you can try to betray a friend off of. Just just to throw that out there too. That that, sure. that, yeah, yeah. that Christmas land holds extra no water. Uh, but anyways, this ability is whatever. Um, you see some people talk about like, well, try to focus more energy on doing promissory note trading. Like try to buy promissory notes so that mm -hmm. then when you pop this, you get more for it. Nope. You still don't get more for it. Like, I don't, it's so hard to get a ceasefire for this. Or when you do get a ceasefire for this, it's too late to matter. The reason you they're giving a ceasefire is because it doesn't matter anymore. So you don't get any value off this hero basically at all. But guess what? You don't need it. You have like the best agent in the game. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Your agent is your hero and you're using it every round yeah. <laughs> instead of just one time. Um, of course, actually use this ability. There's no yes. reason to not use it. Right. But yeah, I mean, 
is there a point in investing a lot of energy in order to try and make it as best as it possibly can be no, no. come on no. slow down play the, play right. into your strengths don't play into your weaknesses yeah um the the prevailing wisdom on this is use it as fast as possible um maybe mm -hmm. with i just like the, literally the round you get it use it right then and there because who knows like that's the only time you might get something useful out of it right that's the one if you can use it in round three that trade agreement you get might actually be some money later maybe yeah um, absolutely absolutely the yeah the earlier the more complicated the equation is for the other players you know what i mean like they they have more in their hands sure so you're but you're never going to get the really good stuff anyways yep. um but yeah trade agreements are a little more valuable um a political secret is you know if if you do it early there's a chance they might all give you political secrets which i actually think is the best yeah possibility that's not going to happen because some of them are going to give you alliances. Yeah. Um, so you might get in a mix of alliances and political secrets, depending on how juicy the alliances are. But what if they're all good factions with good alliances and they don't want to give them to you? Yeah. So then maybe you get political secrets, which means you can now win an agenda phase by yourself. See, I just cooked up the situation where it's good. <laughs> there we go. Just do it fast. That's all that matters. Uh, finally, their mech is the Iconoclast, which also received an Omega in Codex 3. It does still have sustained damage. It costs 2. It hits on a 6. But other players cannot use Anti-Fighter Barrage against your units in this system. I love yeah. this. It is yeah. not a wildly powerful thing until it is, right? Uh, it's kind of a similar thing where people just see that you have this and they go, well, I just don't get to go Destroyer 2 against you. I guess I'll change my plans. But there's certain right. factions where it's like, I mean... This against Argent is a little magic little nugget that you have because guess what? Argent is still just needs to go destroyers and you have an answer against them. Uh, and then everybody else is just talked out of even doing it. So your fighters just got that much better. Yeah, absolutely. These uh, these guys are your little escorts. They they hang out with your big fleets. Um, you will uh, you should absolutely have one with your matriarch yes. so that there you know it can be the the lone invader going yep. down with all the fighters and yeah just cancels anti-fighter barrage pretty straightforward this was the you know destroyer 2 had been climbing up the ranks as far as possible unit upgrades uh, or unit upgrades that people find value in uh, but against nalu it is a uh, stopper no longer, yes. me say. Effectively useless, especially because my other big argument is you're building so many cheap fighters, you've always got two extra bucks for the for the ground force. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Especially, too, when you have, when you think about scenarios where it's like, oh, my forward deck is, Doc is on Barrig. I got, or I got three or whatever, whichever one is three resources, right? I got a five capacity yeah. forward Doc. Four fighters for two dollars i have starving tools for one dollar i got plenty of money sitting here but i only have one production capacity might as well be a mech until i've got all the mechs out uh, i mean that's just what i do for a lot of my builds in the early game unless Absolutely. i like desperately need a cruiser or dread or whatever i mean you want to get your carriers out you want to get your mechs out and then whatever else feels good uh, but mostly just fighters 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 so there it is that's everything that they've got in their kit should we talk about some early game stuff? Should we talk about strategy cards? Uh, do we want to? We, we should talk about, I guess, early game in general first. Yeah, I think I think we should start breaking down the phases of the game and strategy cards. But before we do that, yeah. we should take a quick break. You betcha. Hello. Uh, I'm assuming. So we started this show in the morning. Uh, you were on your way to work. You were starting. You it was before your coffee, but uh, 
You had to pause it, obviously, to go into work. You got right. You, it synced up perfectly with our ad break. And so you yep. stopped the show. You put it on hold. You had a, a full day's work. You did it. You yep. contributed to our capitalist society. Good work. Welcome back into your car. You're on your way home. What are you having for dinner, dear listener? It's time for Nalu. We're going to have fish. How about that? Yeah. Fish and snakes. <laughs> um, just a big plate of snakes. Uh, so let's talk about Nalu's early game. Um, it's obviously been improved. The agent makes it so that we are no longer at the mercy of the warfare strategy card holder. Yep. Um, they can, you know, whatever. They can, they can whatever, you know? They can whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what I mean by that, but they can whatever. We've got effectively four tokens mm -hmm. in tactic, right? So we should think about that. We've got the invisible one that we sort of get uh, from the Nefish, yep. and then we've got three more that we can spend. Um, so that's great. Um, as far as priorities, I would say we really want to put, I would say, plastic at the tippy top. Yep. We have a Winu problem, being that we start pretty light, not economically very powerful, and there's a lot of reasons to be mean to us in the early game. Yep. So let's let's build more plastic. I think picking up tech is fine if you are just wealthy for some yeah, reason. Right. But I, I really don't think it's a big priority. I really think plastic is the way to go. Getting another carrier out there. It's, it's, you know, even though we have Nefish, like we still only have one carrier. It would be great to fix that. Yeah. Um, and to focus on fixing that. The other thing that we can focus on for the future is in a world where construction gets taken, we would love to have a juicy, nice forward dock yep. so that we can start using Nefish in the most effective right. way to just kind of create more plastic as quickly as possible. So we can basically say, Hey, I've, I've got a bunch of fighters. You can't hurt me because yeah. I'm already, I'm already built up. Yeah. And don't forget too, though, that ne Nefish has its own kind of interesting specifics to it, where if you, if you really are planning to do that construction round one, Remember that you're moving once without the token. You need to get out of there as well before you lock it down. Now, luckily, you're going first. You're going before construction. You get like two full actions before someone's probably popping construction. But my argument is generally going to be like your first two actions, if you're caring about construction, probably need to be moving the same carrier twice so that then you drop the dock where it needs to go. But like the last thing you want to do is have a situation where you want to put a dock down and the only place to put it is on your unlocked fleet or whatever. Um, so there's, yeah. and, and in general, I think a lot of those timing things still apply to uh to nalu i mean you you save yourself a turn by getting to just like definitely use your agent first action almost every single time um that's like almost always your first action but right i think you have to be worried about some of the other timings if you really want them to work and it is it can be better if you plan your round for the safest thing to possibly happen, right? I wouldn't get overly complicated and like, well, if I can make sure Diplo happens before tech and then I can do this and that, it's like doing those things will get you even further ahead, but you're gonna do just fine. So just make sure your round happens like safely and get the things that you need, which like Hunter said is plastic. Um, I don't think you need tech round one because yeah, we'd love to get gravity drive relatively quickly, but for rounds one and two, our purposes, what we normally need gravity drive for fast is literally solved by our agent, right? We move it twice, which means we have our two move. Like we're moving just as fast as anybody else, at least with one of our carriers within those first two rounds. You fill yeah. out your slice round one. You generally don't have anywhere else you have to go round two. So gravity right. drive is not, it's in 
things that we want for the late game to have kind of good powers, but it's not a thing we need right away. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, in a situation where you're not having the best day or you're not in the best position speaker-wise, mm -hmm. I think uh, it's always best to err on the side of plastic, and I think it is especially true uh, for Nalu. Yep. For all you know, you are going to get a little access to some extra tech and once we once we get to the tech section you'll see i don't think nalu needs in every game a lot of tech to be successful yeah um our our advantage is this we have really excellent tempo mm -hmm. because from the very beginning of the game we can basically say all right i am going to score first in the round five status phase that's insane. Yes. That's insane that we know that from the beginning. <laughs> because what it allows us to do is sort of plan out our tempo. Yep. It allows us to sort of say, okay, let's see the other players. What are they doing? How well are they doing? Mm -hmm. Are they? Are we all scoring round one? Is the objective too hard? Is one person scoring round one? Who's getting custodians? Right. Is it me? Should it be me? I think we should have that conversation right now, Matt. And I think... It should not be you right. in most cases. The only time I would say it should be you is if it's kind of a buck wild game of like lots of players getting early guac, mm -hmm. as in like Shard of the Throne comes out round one for somebody. Right. Uh, Obsidian comes out round one for somebody else. Like in that sort of situation where I could confidently say, all right, if I take custodians, I'm going to be one of many factions with the tempo to win early, okay, yeah. fine, understood. But the goal here as Nalu should be to make sure that we are never so far ahead that the rest of the table starts talking about us as if it's round five and round three. Right. And taking custodians is a very good way to get so much heat on you as Nalu yep. that I feel like you won't be able to, to back it up. Right. And taking custodians as your first action round two more or less necessitates the idea that you moved your starting carrier twice and probably that means the middle of your slice is empty right yep. and anybody yep. with any access to movement can respond to your custodians play by just taking that forward dock you just built or whatever Absolutely. and they should probably think about doing that because you yep. with a bonus point this early means you coast the rest of the game until round five right so everybody wants to think of ways to slow you down it is important to all players to actually get you substantially behind on tempo they would like yep. to prevent you scoring a public objective one status phase like that more right. so than any other faction that's a goal of theirs whereas normally people can talk their way out of it and it's like well no we're all let's just all control each other's tempo yours is inherently better so they are incentivized to slap you down at some point so absolutely leaving a gaping hole in the center of your slice is a big way to just leave an opportunity for hakan to jump in there with you know one of their starting fleets or whatever yeah you also make it nigh impossible to get a support swap down. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing is we would love to just be in the pack because what you can always do as Nalu is just say, okay, it doesn't matter what strategy card I take every round. Mm -hmm. And it definitely doesn't matter what strategy card I take on round five, which is interesting because a lot of the difficult to complete objectives 
involved taking strategy cards that happen to not be leadership yep. or imperial or diplomacy. The fact that we can take, you know, tech or construction yep. in that round five situation and possibly lock down a stage two for ourselves, that's an important possibility yep. to play into. And taking the custodians is sort of you saying, well, I need to win this game as soon as possible. But I say you will probably stall out on that play. I agree completely because it's 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 too much eyes on you right from the get-go. And that will just remain true the whole game. And Custodians only puts even more. I mean, no matter what you do, the second you get a bonus point is when the table really, really turns on you. No matter what. Yeah. And so your goal is to delay that as long as possible, basically. I mean, yeah. I would much rather in round five have imperial or in round four have imperial to get a, a mechatol bonus point or whatever right i would much rather that than anything in rounds one through three uh, because I, I just need it to come as late as possible so that people aren't paying attention to me the other aspect of this i'm going to throw out there is that having another player with custodians is good for you yes because there's there's two reasons uh, we have heat because we're Nalu. Okay. We have well, if another player has heat, now that's heat split. Yep. That's split heat between Nalu that just gets heat and whoever got custodians. In my in the game that you can watch of me playing on YouTube, I ended up letting Necro take custodians and not even selling the agent. I was like, ah, oh, right. I got stuff I want to do with the agent. Right. Um. So I don't I don't care about it. Um, let's let Necro do it because I knew the rest of the table would get really scared. They would start saying things like, ah, Necro is just going to gonna win this game completely. And also, I knew at the time, no one's going to want to support swap with me. It's me and I'm playing Nalu. Mm -hmm. So unless I create someone who is who the other players don't want to support swap with, I might not have a partner. Yeah. What I'm saying is kind of paint someone the the outlaw yeah. of the table and then talk to that person and say <laughs> exactly. hey do you want to swap I did you know the, what i mean I did which the makes them even more thing. concerned about this other player yep. yeah you know? i did the same thing with extra where it's like hey this is new extra everybody everybody be freaked out about them anyways i'm gonna support swap with extra see you later right. and then yep. the problem with us is joel and R just won out from under our noses whatever but i it's it was that same theory of like i gotta create a bigger bad than me. I right. have to make that a thing. And then the two of us need to be indebted to each other all game, basically. Yeah. And so I'll say this, if you can get the support swap bonus point, then we can score four stage ones. We can score three secrets. That's seven plus the support swap is eight. And then all we have to do is either satisfy the stage two or pick up another bonus point via Imperial yep. plus another the fifth stage, uh, stage one. one public yeah. objective and then there we go we've won the game uh it's that math i would say is not too difficult and is going to allow you to sort of not care that much about where the speaker token ends up um especially if we at some point take imperial ourselves yep. later along the line once we have a lot more plastic um i will say the thing that always bugs me about taking imperial and grabbing a mechatol rex point off of it is the fact that it means it can mess up our secret, uh, like yeah. our, our secret acquisition tempo, right. which is why I feel like Dark Energy Tap is going to be like a pretty boosted tech in a Nalu situation yeah. for that reason. Right.
But even, and and also the reason I say you you're actually aiming for more like a round four imperial anyways. Ideally, you've already drawn some secrets and you know where you're at by the time you're like, okay, now it's time to make a late game uh, imperial yeah. gambit or yeah. whatever. You you have more information to go off of rather than I'll do it round two and hope the secrets show up someday. That'd be that sure would be dandy if that just happened for me. Well, you can you can have more information than that if you if you choose. Uh, let's talk about round one strategy card picks then. What's the best way to get ourselves going? Uh, leadership is up first. And Hunter, you kind of already talked about the argument of leadership used to be just a, I hope that this is enough tokens to waste to let me do stuff. Uh, but that's no longer a thing, right? We don't need <laughs> to burn tokens for timing windows to work yeah. in our favor, which means I think this goes uh, down quite low for things we need. Yeah. I would say it's pretty low priority. Um, we also have a one zero two planet in our home system, yeah. so there are situations where we're gonna where we're gonna be having kind of a rich game as Nalu. Yeah. Not saying it's gonna happen every time, but sometimes maybe you'll get early trade and you'll decide, you know what? I'm it's gonna be a five token round one for me. Right. Um, sure, whatever, that's fine. Um so in for that reason, I can't I just can't really see a place uh for leadership. It's nice the idea of getting another secondary in there because if you were listening to the the kind of previous section yeah i did outline quite a few secondaries we maybe would want to do right but luckily we don't generally have a lot of money as nalu so the idea that we're going to follow warfare construction technology and like diplomacy yeah uh, that anything it's a lot uh so Diplo and and uh, we're talking uh, good Diplo. That's I, I saw posts recently where people were like, "What are you guys talking about with this new Diplo?" It's like, "Oh man, people still don't know the Codex One is a different Diplo that you should you should use. It's way better." Anyways, that out of the way, Diplo is a thing I love dearly. Game long, I would say round one it has slightly less importance in general, but I think Diplo round one is still really great. But I think Diplo is incredible every single round uh, because I think it's like the number one thing that helps us uh, in our going first situation. Why do you not like it bet uh, round one, Matt? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I don't like it round one. I'm saying I think it's good round one and then it's great round two, three, and four. I, I love taking Diplo rounds two through four. It's like my favorite strategy card for, for Nalu, honestly. Interesting. I, I, uh sort of agree i think it's much more important round one than it will be for the rest but i would i would gladly take it over and over if i had the right planets my problem is that there's a couple things that we might need to get done as nalu given whatever whatever the scope of the game is mm. one would be that maybe later we're going to need to take construction if no one else is taking it i was lucky in my game that's on youtube i have a cabal player in yeah. the game so that means there was someone else with a vested reason to take construction so that was lucky but, you know, if no one will take it, then, like, you really do want a forward dock. Your yeah. production at home sucks. Yeah. And you can't even use your agent on your home system. So, you really, you desperately need that forward dock. Yep. But, yeah, if everyone else would just take exactly the cards I want them to, I would just take <laughs> Diplo the whole game and yeah. then Imperial once and then that's it. Right, right. Just be four rounds of Diplo, one round of Imperial, and then we're out. Yeah. Um, but round one, I would say it's very important because our problem is money, right? Yep. We ain't got good monies. We got bad monies. Right. Uh, Diplo will help us get good monies. It will also help everyone else get good monies. Uh-oh, isn't that a problem? Everyone having an easy round one? Well, in POK, most people have easy round ones anyways. Yeah. And we're Nalu. 
if everyone is boat floating, yep. we're going to win on the zero. Right. So just just think of it in that in that way. If if there is a pack, we can be in that pack. Yep. And we have a really good chance of pulling out the W. Yeah. From the pack position. Yeah. More so than anyone else because we're guaranteed something, right? Yep. It's just nice to keep everyone else full and happy and and focused on their own game and their own chances if anything it's like my goal as nalu is to get people to think that they have a round four win in in sites or whatever so they just sort of ignore me winning easy round five or whatever um i right. I, I think in general um nalu likes boosting everybody and diplomacy round one is very specifically it's like you're you go immediately you can move into a system and if it's the right system i mean if we're talking barrier to four like Second action is just a pop diplo for five bucks. Easy. Like it, it's you're ready to go. I think things can get more complicated if you're trying to like spend then diplo money back. Like the second you try to get into like I'm moving around tech and warfare timings, I don't Fair. like that. So make sure you're in a position where it's like I'm either definitely spending all the money at once or like I have a some sort of guarantee that I'm gonna use the money when I want to use it or whatever. I mean I have built the matriarch round one just because it's like listen i just am flush with the cash and i might as well get that ship out there i'm gonna get gravity drive fast enough it's just another carrier if anything it's my six <laughs> capacity carrier before i have carrier two it's just a good ship and i i don't think it's a horrible thing to have round one if you've got the money for it so i don't know um it it, it, it all comes down to what everybody else is doing with their strategy cards but yeah i i think diplo is and we'll talk about it more with trade but like i think diplo is better in a lot of cases than even trade is going to be for getting money online. Interesting. Well, so the second the or the third one we're, we're going to talk about is politics. This has almost no utility yeah. for you. You start with neural motivator. You're going to get action cards for free. You do not need to be speaker round two in order to take custodians. I see absolutely no reason yep. outside of the very obvious ones being like, you must do the primary of construction next round in yep. order to score a point, or you must do the primary of tech next round in order to score a point. Yep. Um, it, you know, if two and two colors comes out for you as Nalu round one, and the other objective is also something difficult, all right, I can kind of see yeah. that situation. But as far as in a vacuum, I just don't see why you're taking politics round one as Nalu. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, next up is construction. Uh, I mean, we want the forward dock. Construction is a thing that we will use. And so, like, depending on if we're, like, a late pick or whatever, and somehow Diplo's already been taken, and it's, like, a conversation between construction and warfare, right? Like, construction, mm -hmm. warfare, and mm -hmm. Imperial is what's left. Yeah, I'll take construction and be very happy for it, right? I get to set up my own forward dock however I want. Uh, if anything, I get to move out put my space dog down and I could build out of my forward dock in round one rather than building it home right. or whatever. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. So my only issue with any of that is that if you're last pick and you're taking construction over diplomacy, I don't know I, if that you're going to have the money in order yes. to even capitalize on that so quickly. Right. And it does kind of like, it, it is kind of tough in a situation where like, Oh, I don't know when other people are going to be picking construction. So I don't know when I get my, 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 you know, forward dock out there. Right. Um, so I can understand a little bit of anxiety around that. But I don't know. I would just pick diplomacy over it like nine times out of ten. Right. 
if it's a last pick scenario. It's just, it's just in that new meta that Hunter's trying to push for where people don't take warfare round one that this becomes good for you. That's that's all it is. Is up against oh my god up against the no one picked warfare construction. Well, it, is a in a no one picks warfare situation, then I'm sorry, you're taking warfare if you're six <laughs> pick. If you're if you're six pick and no one's picked warfare, you're gonna have to do the sloppy bad warfare where you activate at home and build, and that sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would just take construction. I think I would leave warfare off the table and just be just do construction. I don't think you need warfare. I don't think you need to do the secondary warfare. And I don't think you need the primary because you've got your agent. I, I, I think construction is just good for them in that situation. Hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I that's a lot to say, Matt. Sure. That's very bold of you. <laughs> but but there you go. You've heard it here, folks. I mean, um, what are we doing with warfare? We're we're doing the same thing we're afraid of with custodians, right? Is like over expect. Well, what you're saying is just straight up build at home and then move again or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know it, it, because the the fear is not having the secondary of warfare to get a second carrier. So what we've relegated ourselves to is moving a single carrier twice, and that's it. That's the round, basically. That's your fear. Right. That's yeah. that's that's all you're doing. And and while you can get a space dock out there. You're not going to be able to build and move out of it round one. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you, because of how Nefish Nif works, you can't use it on home, and you have to take the planet before you put the space dock there anyway. Yep. So like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 messy. It's real tough. I I I would hate a situation where no one wanted warfare, but somebody probably wants it. I don't yeah, know. People it take always. it for some reason. I'm not sure I understand why <laughs> they do. But people do. People do take it. Yeah. Sometimes people play SAR, so you know it just happens. Um. Next up is trade uh i just said a minute ago that i think maybe diplo is even better than trade i it it can be more complicated than that because one thing that trade you have access to is the idea that your agented fleet might not go towards mechatol it might actually go to an equidistant and you have a very easy neighbor sort of baked in rather than needing mm -hmm. to send out trade ships um and then you might you know secondary the the other uh carrier to go left like you might end up easily with neighbors without having to do any specific trade ship stuff um so i don't know it, i think your results will vary on whether or not trade is great or not i would take trade in a high like if if i'm if i'm first or second pick and and trade isn't you know if i'm first pick i i probably take trade the reason is because the other person might take diplomacy right. in which case i'm making even more money um because the trade, the trade primary just gives me money. Yep. Diplomacy, if, if I have to follow the secondary or what, doesn't matter. Um, I'm still getting the same value. Like the primary and the secondary have the same value, whereas yep. the secondary of trade and the primary and tra of trade are vastly different yep. as far as how much money it's going to give you. Right. So I'm taking trade because I'm hoping maybe somebody else takes Diplo and then I'll follow Diplo and Warfare and create so much plastic yeah for this first round right. maybe even get another token uh off uh whatever it's called Mar maluk maluk, maluk. Um, and then follow tech even if i end up making that much money yeah um trade though is very dependent on yeah like do you have a wormhole in your slice how many people are you going to be able to trade with this round yeah um you know, et cetera, et cetera. Just the, the classic considerations for trade. What's also nice uh, within that uh, discussion of trade ships is you've got a cruiser and a destroyer with your carrier at home. Those can go with the agent, right, move, and then go even further out there. So technically, you, you have access to p potentially more people than most factions have round one. Right, 
I can right. move three movement with my destroyer and cruiser and get to some crazy places. So I, yeah, I, I do think there's an inherent argument to trade being pretty good for Nalu, even if I really just, I really like Diplo, but Diplo is certainly more complicated and trade is easy trade. You don't have to think about too much. You just make it work. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it, it really comes down to the shape of your slice. Yeah. Um, and, and there will be situations where Diplo is actually going to net you more money and I don't I mean I guess what I'm saying is just do the math and then yeah. decide which one's better but I trade trade you always have the opportunity of also getting to do diplo which right. is like kind of my dream round one would right. be I have trade someone else takes diplo and we just get buck wild yep. and and build as much as possible uh, next up is warfare which is a weird one we would absolutely rather do the secondary uh than the primary uh so much better for us to just do that secondary but uh, like Hunter described earlier, he would, uh, as last pick, and for some reason it's not on the table, probably worth having on the table, I think is where we ended up in that little debate there, and I think it's yeah. a fair argument. I think I think not getting a single second carrier out there leads to a lot of rough life in round one and round two, so. Yeah, I, I almost feel it's so important that I, if I'm playing Nalu, like let's say I'm playing in the tournament and I select Nalu, I'm almost excited to be last pick so that i can be that stop in yeah. that stopgap position of yeah. oh you're all trying to pass on warfare while i'm taking it right because even though the situation where i have to take warfare round one is painful it's not optimal doesn't make me feel good it at least means that i will get that carrier out yeah and that it's already doing something right um which i think is far and away you know, more important than any of the other considerations that that I feel like we've said. You also control the timing of it, so you can try and make as much money as possible before mm -hmm. we uh, before we actually build at home. You know, yeah. so yeah, and you have a baked in pretty good argument for all that stuff too. Of like, I start with three bucks and Sarween tools. I do have like a four resource build ready to go, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so doing. You know, there's no awkward timing. I have to wait on with warfare yep. if i don't want to right i i have the option of trying to get more money or move the agent out build at home lift the token get everything else where it needs to go whatever easy yep. quick round yeah um, not a big deal also depending on like the setup as far as like the other strategy cards that are in play it might behoove you to try and play warfare as soon as possible yeah. um so j just first action because remember you i mean you are going first every time so first action build yep and then say like all right we're doing warfare like right away right. so like you know you're you're not going to be able to make that extra money off Diplo before. You're not going to be able to get trade done yeah. before, you know. Right. I don't know. Uh, next up, we've got technology. Uh, we sort of made the argument earlier of why tech is not necessarily like a fast priority for us. We have a few tech needs that we'll go over later, but we don't. We're not rushing for gravity drive. We have the two techs that like are going to do something for us this status phase. So there's mm -hmm. almost no tech that we can get round one that affects our round one right we yeah. probably want to go for blue tech which means if we get tech we're just like getting det or anti-mass it's great to get it out of the way it saves us four buck we have a money problem right that's nice but it's certainly not a i'm first i'm taking tech uh there's no right. gambit that i think is worth doing with a tech uh play yeah so let's say i'm second pick first pick takes trade second pick I could take tech, right? Uh, all right, whatever. Um, or I could take diplomacy. Yeah. Now, the thing about taking not taking tech is that if I don't take tech, well, guess what? Someone will. Yeah. <laughs> Someone is taking it. Right. 
So I will always have that opportunity to do the secondary. If I pass on diplomacy, it maybe doesn't get taken. Yeah. So that's why I feel like, to me, even from a second pick perspective, I'm probably just trying to ensure diplomacy is in this game. Yeah. The cards we for sure want taken are trade, diplomacy, and warfare. Right. So my priority is going to be about thinking about that. And there's no world where tech doesn't get taken at all. So there's always going to be an opportunity to maybe get a tech if we're having a very rich Nalu start, mm -hmm. which I don't know. I don't know what the percentage of times uh, is actually going to be where you can afford tech and plastic, yep. but I'm definitely not wavering in my commitment to Sparkle Motion, a.k.a. <laughs> plastic. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, last up's Imperial. We're still like not doing a thing where we talk on Imperial. I will say, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, for the rest of the game, like Imperial's a great thing that we need to like be really yeah. specific about how we think about it, but it's obviously not around one sort of thing. So... All of this has been talking about the idea that we have a mediocre round one that can be really good. I mean, it used to be a horrible round one, and now with the yep. agent, it's on par, I would say. Money. We just need money. We just need That's the all money. All we got to do is make some money. Right. Yeah. And the other threat is we have access to things that could put us in crazy positions, and we actually have to think about that access and say no just say no to custodians folks like just say no to these i've spread super thin and i haven't invested in the money the money is the most important thing you can focus on the money and the plastic um you probably score without too much difficulty round one there's only a few objectives that are going to be a huge pain in your butt because all mm -hmm. of the control objectives these days with that agent means like you get in so many places you can get six planets outside of home you can probably find yep. a way to make history like you can do all sorts of things um so i think your chances of scoring something round one are decently high and you should just be comfortable with that while also getting the plastic because that's going to feed into you being the target the rest of the game and all you the last thing you need to do is put a bigger target on your back by like digging into your neighbor's slice round one with your agent or taking custodians or something crazy like that this is about kind of going back to basics but i would say one of uh one of the earliest terms that we coined in space cats peace turtles was gumming up the works oh. and you can do that uh via plastic but you can also do it philosophically <laughs> all right the light wave deflectors means gumming up the works isn't like the end all be all that it used to be all right placing fighters everywhere isn't going to just make it so that you're not slayable in round five but you can gum works in other ways too by just sort of being kind of hanging out in the pack yeah. controlling your tempo not being like too aggressive and instead allowing someone else to right. be the star of the show yeah. um and and prop them up in as many ways as you can i i see no real downside for you um generally speaking if a player gets ahead of everyone else then someone will use their win slay abilities in order to stop that player and guess what you are first to score round five yep. end of story yep. that's it you are that person so why not just immediately start engineering a situation yes where you are second in line to win and not first yeah the the, the worst part of this thing the reason it's difficult is because that zero token doesn't go away. So you don't get to just put someone in the pack and then have the table be like, they're a problem. You have to right. get someone ahead of the pack. Like yeah. you have yeah. to actually make someone 
worse of a target than you, a more threatening advantage than you have. You have to prop right. someone up so much that they, like I said earlier, they have like a chance to win in round four because you want people to burn all those tools to save themselves for a round five where then you just win easily. And I mean, right. some of the like top expert players will just know that that's happening and be like, well, whatever, screw that. Like, I'll just wipe my hands of it and be done round four and go home early. And you just have to accept that as Nalu. I think there's a part of it where it's like the wind slaying conversation, the Winslay carousel, you are always in it. You're always at the top of it or whatever. Yeah. It's just so yeah. hard to get away from that. So yeah, you're, you, you, you don't gum up the works more than you need to complicate the narrative. You have to make it difficult for players to understand what the best thing to do is. And sometimes that works in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you so overcomplicate the narrative that now it's just like, uh-oh, too many people are in the running, and this is just going to be a crazy game. And you know what? That's a best case scenario because it's better than being completely crushed into the dust and not having a chance because you overspent your resources early or whatever. One problem, Matt, that you were bringing up that I want to throw into this conversation um, is the idea that you always go first, mm -hmm. okay? Every round, regardless of whether you want to, regardless of what strategy card you have, which means in a stall situation in the late game, yep. you don't want to be caught uh yeah as the person that doesn't have enough to hang in there yep so at some point we have to make sure that we get ahead a little bit on command counters now with the agent not so hard we're we are literally getting like a a invisible command token for free right. every single round but you do want to make sure that you have a pretty good influence slice yes um and that you're prioritizing your influence planets you don't really need a lot of resources to make Nalu work once we get into the mid game. Yeah. Uh, because basically once, once we ha are fully online and we have a full filled out slice, we're building fighters. And then at some point we're going to build the matriarch. Okay. Right. So like that's, that's not the biggest budget game long. I mean, right. there are lots of factions that are having to build war sons and dreadnoughts yep. and these big expensive units. But uh, you don't really care about all that. And also, you start with Sarween. Yeah, you'll find yourself going, I guess I'll build a Dreadnought because I have too much money this round. Like, just right. this time, I, I have all this extra, like, money and not enough production capacity. Might as well throw in one Dreadnought there. Whereas, like, your neighbors are like, I need that third Dreadnought and I cannot afford it. You're, it's like, right. it's a no, it's a nothing burger to you. So, yeah. And if anything, too, we're about to talk about tech. Tech is such a funny thing for Nalu because it's like, you do not have huge tech needs but i found myself just having the resources available it's like well i got this four bucks i don't have the production capacity to build enough units i guess i'm getting some more tech this round which is like mm -hmm. great i mean that that basically you're doing more things to get more and more ahead that you don't even need to succeed yeah yeah that supplemental stuff that stuff that is going to help you out in the late game let's talk about tech yeah um so as far as like the stuff to get this is gonna be very standard space cats peace turtles um we're talking about getting a blue DET or anti-mass deflectors, depending on if you have asteroids in your slice or not. And then we want to get to Hyper Crystal Fighter 2. Now, is it worth skipping if you have a blue skip? Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Knock yourself out. DET is not a horrible tech for you, but if you're just in a hurry, you want to get it all done, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Get Skip to Hyper Crystal Fighter 2. And then after that, Gravity Drive is great to have for the Matriarch in the late game. Yep. And that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all, that's all we really care about. Supplemental stuff is obvious. Fleet logistics More is blue. a possibility. Yep. Light wave is a possibility. 
Carrier 2 goes well with yep. everything else we have going on our kit. Do you have to get those texts every single game? Nah, nah. I don't think so. Yeah. Not in, this, not in the way of the stuff that we just recommended is. Right. Um, I think fleet, fleet logistics is a really interesting one to talk about. Do we want to talk about it now? Um, let's let's come back to it because I have I it's like a whole thing for me to just go off on this fleet logistics tangent. So uh, I, I would love uh, the the explanation of Red Nalu first, real quick, because I think that'll be a simpler <laughs> topic. Yeah. So so if you want an alternate tech path, something that I think is interesting and interesting is maybe worth exploring with Nalu because yeah. if they see you playing weird they might not take you as seriously right. which is maybe kind of good for our whole deal here but you could go for ai development algorithm and then throw in cruiser 2 which you're now just going to satisfy which is kind of boring but you can get hybrid crystal fighter 2 with ai dev and you can even get space dock 2 with ai dev yeah. space dock 2 is especially interesting to me because it will help with our whole problem of we have money and we need to build units Uh oh all our units are cheap I'm just wasting money in some situations yep. where it's like, I can't even spend all my planets right. because my fighters are so dang cheap and I can't build any more. And I have Sarween. <laughs> and like... I have Sarween. So like, Space Dock 2 can really kick your whole fighter thing into a very high gear. Space Dock 2 is a good tech for knowledge. Yeah. I would say in a situation where you're, where you're in our core tech path and you have a yellow skip, consider throwing in space dock 2 yes. as a supplemental it's quite good um with ai dev it's it it seems like something fun to throw in it's just fun to try folks mm -hmm. i'm just throwing out an idea here cruiser 2 what's up with that not really sure <laughs> could be cool uh, yeah because you hate building cruisers because your cruisers are on a seven now these cruisers are on a six thank goodness they're a little bit better than your fighters mm -hmm. and they and they're moving three and they're taking a fighter with them or whatever yeah, I, they're taking yeah. a mech with them and then your fighters are moving two to go join in the the brigade i don't know there's kind of arguments to it but it's it's certainly goofier and i especially like hunter's point of it's kind of a cheap funny way to sandbag yourself basically yeah. where people mm -hmm. are not as worried about your threats uh, because they see that you don't have gravity drive they see you're not like over investing in carriers and they're like well how far can he get and then you're like uh cruiser two hiya like whatever that that can happen maybe every once in a while even though i don't actually believe in cruiser two that much i'm sorry expendable cruiser man i don't drink the kool-aid someday cruiser two is like a good tech from like the like midpoint around two yes until about the end of round three so for about an hour and a half or or two hours if it's a slow group uh it's pretty good and and and, and then it's done yeah. and then after that it's just kind of it's kind of run out of gas yeah take that into consideration i guess so, so let's talk about what i call the fleet logistics conundrum uh the the great debate of what are you doing with fleet logistics because this is this is just and we've been talking about this already it's the same allure that custodians has or doing crazy things round one nalu has so much in their toolkit that lets them have access to really fancy goofy plays if i saw a, a player like imson at the helm of nalu I would assume they're going to do some crazy stuff. I think morning Euro crew in general, probably Nalu is a very scary prospect because what you can do with Nalu is you go first and with fleet logistics, you could do some whack stuff. Uh, some, some of the things that in, are included in that list is 
take Mechatol, immediately pop Imperial. Take uh, some planets, immediately flip them for use later in the round. Use my agent to build up my forward dock, immediately use Diplo so that I can reuse that money later in this round. I can get a double build if I want to, right? I can build twice out of the same dock with the same money or whatever. More important mm. than that, though, move, move again, right? Go take two systems first action or whatever. Get all over the place. I, I found myself looking for those opportunities every single round, and every round I had to be a smart, good little TI player and do the conservative, responsible thing. Because, again, no matter what you do, you can get slapped down for doing big, bold, crazy plays. And if you go do some nuts thing, you're going to make enough people mad at the table that you really cannot endure their retribution, their their uh, response to that. There's always a response, and the fact that you go first and you're burning two of your possible actions for the round means you're almost definitely going to like be stalled out the rest of the round, right? You're gonna get all your stuff done way too fast, and then everyone will just have all the time in the world to just like have whatever responses they need to have to you. So my whole thing is we have a we have a good argument to go for blue tech to get fleet logistics. Fleet logistics is an amazing tool. I do not advocate for any sort of rush on fleet logistics. It is not necessarily a part of your round three and round four plan. Fleet logistics is great to take Mechatol and score Imperial in the final round or whatever. Little things like that. But I, I think you have to still consider fleet logistics as a... It's not anything I need to use until it wins me the game sort of tech. And the reason I think this is worth bringing up here is just because there are so many arguments for why Nalu... I, I was prepared to build a guide around the idea that fleet logistics is just crazy. It's not more powerful than any... It's like it is more powerful here than it is for maybe anybody else. But that's just not actually true because you don't have the gumption to back it up after you've used it in your Whoa. first action. Whoa, that's the one of the weirdest things I've ever heard you say. So you're saying the problem is gumption. It doesn't even have to do... It's like we're being philosophical now completely. It's just purely emotional, Matt. The problem, listener, is you don't have the guts no. to use fleet logistics. That boggles the mind, that's Matt. That's not what I'm saying. That is what you just said. You I said the gumption because I want to use a fun word. But the point is, you, you do you not know what it means? <laughs> Are you just using words? We're just throwing words. Have you ever now? listened to me talk before? Have you That's ever true. been on this show with me? That's true. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're fairly off script most of the time. It's just true. I'm you off kind of dictionary. A, yeah, you're off dictionary. You're making up your own meaning for the word. Listen, Shakespeare invented the word. What is it? Hop, jump. I don't remember. One of those words was just invented. So you know what? I'm a lyricist All words here. were invented. Exactly. They were all invented. That's my thing. <laughs> yes, what you're doing is sort of a reinvention. <laughs> all right. A reinterpretation. Um, I, I don't really have much to add. I think fleet logistics is... I don't think fleet logistics is actually for anything besides just scoring Imperial. This is... That's it. This is exactly my point. Oh, that's true for everybody. To, I don't even think that has to do with Nalu. That's I know. everybody. To you, this this type of thinking comes comes easily. We're, we're talking about me and players like me here who are eager to pull a trigger they have no business pulling. And I'm I'm here to tell 
the people with my kind of brain to like pump the brakes, don't overthink fleet logistics. You're gonna hurt yourself, kid. And check your gumption, though. Check your you know, kind of. So, so what you should do is kind of pull your gumption out uh -huh. of your gumption hole. Yeah. You know, and then kind of examine it. You know, flip it upside down. Kind of take apart the gumption, the big gumption, the little gumption. <laughs> take them apart, put them back together. All mm -hmm. right. Now your gumption's good. You got to have that good gumption, not bad gumption. Thank you. <laughs> I seed my time. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Neuroglave now? You got a Neuroglave thing you want to oh, do? Oh, sure. Uh, well, we could, because we, I mean, we talked about it when we talked about Neuroglave as a tech, I think, but uh, it's still... Well, it, let, what if you had a bunch of green skips, Matt? Yeah, we talked Let's, about it. We actually covered all of this. It's still bad. It's still no good because everybody plans around it. We should reiterate that point here in Tech Paths. Green's no good. Neuroglave is easy to plan around. It's not the superpower tech you want it to be. It's not... Uh, like it's not Xchaw's uh, nullification field, which isn't even that good by itself. Like it's not any of these things. It's not going to prevent the wind slay on you. I'm sorry. Trading a meta. Uh, people don't like you. We've already kind of covered that the <laughs> promissory note uh, isn't doesn't really make sense to sell yeah. at all anymore. It's switched back to not making sense. We can sell custodians, but you know, and, and I would love to. Uh, the, the time I, I got called out in the comments of my YouTube game for not selling custodians in a situation where no one had money to buy it. <laughs> That's how much people really sell want you to what? sell custodians. Yeah. Sell it for nothing. Sell it for the idea of something. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could have sold it for a trade agreement, um, which I, I guess I guess that would be cool. Um, I think that early round two, a lot of people kind of struggle to come up with the cash unless they're the right faction so right. just be aware of you know you can probably sell custodians to hakan you can probably sell custodians to like joel nar for research agreement yeah. something like that right um but also your agent's just good it's not so bad if you just keep it and let somebody you're yep. you're someone's getting custodians right you know and and maybe just think of it like i want that custodians player to be scary yes you know if it's like yin getting custodians boo <laughs> let's maybe sell it to somebody else so we can get all spooked out yeah but if yin's getting custodians then nobody will be scared enough right i i i think of playing nalu and this is how i think often in games but i just think it's especially true with nalu where it feels like you're just alone in the sea on a raft where it's like, nobody's going to come give me... Nobody wants to give me stuff. Nobody wants to do deals with me. I've got my three commodities that are going to be two trade goods each round. If I'm lucky, sometimes if trade is lucky. mean. And just like, no, yeah. no, Nalu, you're completely cut out. Like, you have that kind of negative attention to yourself. So what your meta game actually is, is not about how can I get myself paid more? It's how can I get Jolnar paid more? How can I get extra right. paid more? How can right. What can I do to insert myself into deals to boost up the economies of these other players? Players to make sure they are bigger threats so that people start treating me better. I have to get Jolnar paid more before I get my commodities washed or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. Um, and I think that, you know, this is an achievable thing, right? But what's scary, like we've already kind of called out, is the more you boost up the other players, the more they might actually do it and win the game. So I do want to throw in, let's kind of skip on down to the late game here at sure. this point um, and kind of close this one out. Um, we really need to spend a lot of time watching the players that we are hopefully boosting right. to make <laughs> yeah. sure that they don't actually finish it up. Yeah. 
So be careful with that as well. When we're heading to round five, we really do got to be looking like, okay, let's hope nobody's going to win in the action phase. Unless, of course, I can win in the action phase. Right. Um, which, so like one thing that I kind of vacillate in between as Nalu is whether I should care about the speaker token or not. A lot of times I think, no, I don't. I have the zero. Why do I care about the speaker token? But sometimes you end up really needing a specific card, yeah. especially round five. And sometimes the speaker token just falls in your lap. It has a weird thing of, of, of just kind of doing that. Right. So like, I'm not saying you should never take politics, but maybe you do that once right. in order to kind of shore up your tempo. Maybe like the ideal thing would be like, round three i have politics so that round four i have imperial so that round five maybe i can win in the action phase myself yep. instead of somebody else like you really got to keep track of what everybody else's potential tempo is and try and adjust to that yeah. always yeah basically. i mean I, I i will say we talked a lot about the the idea that in a round five status phase scenario like you have this guaranteed thing but what's actually the bigger threat of a Nalu game is it's very easy to just be in an action phase round five win. Um, yeah. If even have potential for a status phase round four win, right? You can just be in that position. And the the reason I lost my uh, async Nalu game is because I was like, oh, I can't put myself too far ahead here. I can't have the status phase round four win, but I will definitely win on my first action of round five. Like I'll just, that will be able to happen. Right. They'll see it. Late. They'll know it's happening, but I right. allowed Jolnar to get so boosted and we didn't do anything about Jolnar because I was freaked out by extra and a Titans with war sons that we all just sort of let Jolnar get away with sprinting to the finish line before I could even do anything about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you are not, the agent is pretty good for wind slaying, but the big problem with that is so often you've probably already spent your agent on your first action to build stuff for the round to like do other things. But when you get towards the end of that game, you might need to think about how is this agent need to be sort of conserved and saved for making sure you can slow something down as the round develops, right? Yeah. In round four, maybe don't build out of that dock first thing. Let the oh, round absolutely. play out yeah. and then go hit whoever needs to be hit because you boosted them up or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not so bad at participating in the Winslay if you save your agent and if you have the matriarch out there. Right. It's not It's not impossible. You can absolutely uh, get some work like that done, especially if you end up augmenting it with some carrier too. We can send a lot of, we, we can get a lot of distance out of an agent use and then a move yep. there. That's like four movement, essentially, if we have a gravity drive or a carrier two or whatever. Right. Um. So, yeah, I think... It's kind of this weird, delicate balance of like slow rolling, but also making sure um, to keep track of tempo. And it's kind of interesting that so much of this year, I feel like of the show has been about tempo yep. because I feel like Nalu is like the perfect encapsulation of it because they get their boost is a tempo based right. one. They get the tempo for free, basically. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Be it's better than Winu's, right? Because Winu gets this crazy tempo boost if they can earn it. If you can score right. the stage ones, if which isn't satisfy. an easy feat. Yeah. Whereas right. Nalu 
you have an easier time scoring those stage ones and there's not a one time you have to use your hero and then all the tempo finally falls back into place. We were behind and we caught up. No, you're just on tempo all game long. You don't have right. a big catch up like that. You just are there, which means you always look like you're there on tempo right. ahead of the pack. Right. And so you right. have to very specifically slow yourself down. Whereas Winu can get hit once and be like, see, y'all did it. And you actually did it. I probably won't win this game. <laughs> like I'm, I feel right. pretty out of it for the rest of right. this game. But, like, Nalu is rarely fully taken out of contention. Even when they get hit a couple times, they're rarely yeah. out of contention. You can, you can always claw back because your advantage is so set in stone. Right. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't give up. Um, try to shore up your defenses and make it hard to, to win slay you. Um, and, yeah, if, if the right... You know, I've had games where... I felt like it wasn't going so hot in the mid game where I was like, ah, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to lose this one. And then the right stage two flipped. And when the right stage two flips, that's Nalu it. has a really good chance of just winning the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's so how I, I, I got called out for like my standard thing of sort of kind of just like complaining all game, like whining all game about like how I'm not going to win. And I, people need to know that that is a that comes from the heart like i believe that i don't have the chance to win i believe i will be yeah. stopped i believe i'll be you know the whole game of my async game i talked about like well if i do anything i'll get punched for it so then i kept not doing things so that i wouldn't get punched and so then the people were like well you never actually got hit it's like i know because i never actually took the actions i wanted to take or whatever right. um and in the end i still had a pretty good chance to win despite feeling like at any moment if the players wanted to do something about it, they easily could. They could just thwart me, right? And yeah. that's where, to to put a bow on the conversation we had at the beginning of the episode, that's what I mean by like an unimpeachable victory that I feel like I never get is I can see the ways I could easily be stopped, but I don't give enough credit to the obfuscation that, you know, gumming up the theoretical, the the philosophical works presents to the table, right? I don't, I don't give myself credit for those sorts of things that that muddy the water and make people not want to deal with me when someone doesn't want to deal with me i always assume it's for some not as equitable reason because i've been a, a sore loser all game or because the show or something like that right i always yeah, come yeah. back to this idea that like they gave me a pity point for an extraneous reason that shouldn't have been involved in the game and thus that's why i'm not being stopped as opposed to plenty of finals, semifinal, like plenty of tournament games we've seen where that's the story is they didn't deal with so-and-so because so-and-so made it too confusing to know exactly who to deal with. We broke the Mantis chain of wind slaying and that meant someone else came out on top or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really easy, Matt, I think for in a game featuring you for the a lot of extraneous non-game elements to sort of interfere and be a part of it you sure. know because you are kind of our dad you know our collective dad <laughs> you're depressed and we're dad. all kind of <laughs> looking to you in 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 a dad way in a sort of like ah dad that kind of uh. that kind of thing you know ah dad you know and like you're playing with dad and dad's like dad that's not come on don't play like that dad you know, and then later you can like complain to all your friends about how dad was playing, uh -huh, you know, like right. it's, it's a cool situation for you. It's really cool. It's really cool. And I think I like it a lot for you. And I think this is where you belong and you're doing what you should be doing. 
Well, thank you. And uh, also thanks to all the weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brasper, Brian, and Carnal Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Rwise, and Wecker, and Mama's Lovely Larva, my son is also named Bort, Nerf, Zerg, Tautology, Is What It Is, Baldrick, Frank G, Rekka, Jadim Jedi, General Piff, Uncle Baddie, Savant, and Teddy's Jam for you. Homebrewers Guild, I'm sorry I got ahead of myself. I thought a game would happen last weekend. Uh, but I forgot that when you get back from vacation, your life is like, hey, you forgot about us for a week. You need to do a lot of things. And so I didn't play a game last Saturday. Uh, I'm trying to make it happen. Uh, I'm looking at November 12th to play General Pith's uh, agenda phase rework and all these other. General Pith has a big kind of override to a bunch of rules. And we want to check that out. Uh, so uh, come play with General Pith. Mama's Lovely Larva's re rework on ideally November 12th is what I'm aiming for. Awesome. Um, so Galactic Council, the poll is over. You have chosen for us to learn to play Spirit it Island. Finally, what happened? A big deal. This is what like a two years in the making or something. Yeah. yeah. Galactic Council, I asked you to deliver me an interesting result, and by golly, <laughs> for the first time ever, you have done it. You have done it. Maybe we're sick of this game, Twilight Imperium, and we want we want to move on with our lives. Yes, this is all right. We we will look back later and see that this was the genesis of when the show became Space Spirits Island Turtles. I don't know the. What, oh come on, you know it would thing. be Spirit Cats. Spirit come on, cats. Spirit you, Cats Spirit Island Cat Turtles. Island Turtles. Are you serious? <laughs> like that's easy peasy. That's that's low hanging fruit, Matt. You can just pick that one uh -huh. up off the ground. Uh -huh. All Our right. acronym is Skit. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. <laughs> I, don't I know. like that. Yeah. Uh, hey, you can rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. I don't care. I don't care where you review it. Just please, please, please do it. I'm begging you. Please review it because stars are how I live. I can't live without the the sustenance of stars. I'm we like live a off your stars. <laughs> Uh, you can go to our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, for information about our Patreon, to become a member of the Patreon at Galactic Council level, so that you can play in next year's tournament if you join within the month of October or November, which is right now. You can play in January in our upcoming tournament. You can also find information about our Twitter, our Discord, our merchandise, all of that stuff at spacecatspeaceturtles.com. And of course, you can send this Imperium Life and or Play of the Week. I, I always say both things because i just want to say this imperium life but then i'm afraid people won't know what i'm talking about i don't know maybe mm -hmm. it just is play of the week at this point but then sometimes i take play of the week stories and we make an entire episode of just play of the week and we call it this imperium life anyways if you want to send us a cool thing that happened in a game or maybe a horrible thing that happened in the game the worst thing that's ever happened to you in a game of twilight imperium send that story to space cats peace turtles at gmail.com and we will hopefully read it but this episode has gone pretty long so we will skip play of the week this week because we're tired and we have to record a second episode Right now, peek behind the curtain, double duty today, the Alliance episode that you hear next week is getting recorded in, like, a few minutes or whatever. So there you go. You'll yeah. hear the same energy level uh, carried over between the two episodes. What do you think of that, dear listener? I I think that we've got work to do, so we've <laughs> got to close this one out and get to work on your next one. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it to Matt and Hunter from next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>